There is a profession known as an art restorer. This little-known profession requires a combination of scientist, forensic detective, historian, and art lover. When an art restorer is confronted with a priceless painting of a master painter, their primary goal is to do no harm to the piece of artwork, much like a medical doctor is to do no harm to his patient. Sometimes, however, the restoration of an oil painting requires the courageous yet precise and tedious scaling back of years of decay or decomposition to find the artist's true colors and sometimes the colors that are initially revealed hide the original colors used by the artist. Like the vermilion tones hidden in Rembrandt's old man military costume. As I begin this investigation into the death of Jerry Quinn, a formerly unknown and obscure high school art teacher who was fired for pushing the long-standing artistic and social mores of an idyllic historic coastal resort in southern New Jersey, I realize that there may be many levels of paint layering not only the life and untimely demise of Mr. Quinn, but also covering the resort town of Cape June and its prized Paint at Seas Art Festival. I just hope I have the patience and the fortitude to get to the Vermilion. I'm Connor Avery Tuxton, and this is Painted Seas, the murder of Jerry Quinn. So we're trying something new. Surprisingly, we had a pretty healthy response to the first podcast. It uh, sort of was overwhelming and made our day. So here are just two of the phone calls that we received and uh, see if I can try to answer some of your questions as we move forward throughout the Painted Seas podcasts. Hi, Mr. Tuxton. My name is Langston Garrison and I live in Lake Stevens, Washington. I'm a criminal justice student at the University of Washington, and I listened to your first podcast. I was just wondering, if Jerry Quinn was fired in 2009, what happened between then and his death in 2019? I'm anxious to listen to your second podcast. Hi, Langston. First of all, I want to thank you for listening to the Painted Seas podcast. And second of all, go Huskies. Um, your question is a great one. It's like, what happened to Jerry Quinn between 2009 and 2019? I guess the short answer to it is not a whole hell of a lot. I mean, basically, the guy lived in relative obscurity, sort of. He was just a recluse. He had some odd relationships, and we'll explore those. But for the most part, he was quiet. Really appreciate you listening, and stay tuned, because... I promise you, these next few podcasts, they're going to blow your mind. Hi, Connor. This is Kayla. Um, I'm a recent transplant to Northern Indiana. I grew up in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, but I, I, I moved here to be a dirt track race car driver. Um, but anyways, I listened to podcast one, and it reminded me of growing up in South Jersey. My family would never miss the Painted Seas Art Festival. In fact, I worked the gate as a ticket taker from 2016 to 2018. But the festival was kind of beat in those years. I, I noticed that attendance was way down and they had trouble attracting decent artists. Guess I'm wondering if maybe the festival is dying out. 
Maybe that's why they got Quinn. Hi, Kayla. It's Connor. Thank you for calling into the Painted Seas podcast. Uh, I think it's really neat that you live in a place called Gnawbone, Indiana. In fact, I had to look it up and found out it was about 55 miles from Indianapolis. And how cool is it that you're a dirt track race car driver? That was one of my first assignments reporting to cover a dirt track race in West Virginia, and I just found it to be exhilarating. Getting to your question about the Painted Seas Art Festival, you know, you're absolutely right. Attendance has been declining. In fact, since 2010, the festival hasn't been able to make any money. It's been losing money, and a, a lot of que- a lot of people are, are out there questioning, you know, how viable it is still. How how long Cape June is going to be able to support this Paint at Seas Art Festival? And you know, maybe you're right. Maybe that is a, a reason why they just said, "Hey, can we do much worse? Let's give Jerry Quinn a try." That's what uh, we're trying to find out here. Thank you again, and uh, keep on listening. When I first started reporting on the Paint at Seas Art Festival several months ago. I thought the angle was relatively simple. Disgraced artist with a personal vendetta against his hometown takes the reins of a well-established art festival and turns the thing into a shit show. Never did I think my investigation would lead me to the coroner's office. I warn you, this next interview with Cape June's coroner Holly Synovial is quite graphic. Some listeners may find it disturbing. Okay, what are we looking at here? This appears to be his elbow. How can you tell? Well, if you come closer, you can see that this is a hinge joint. (laughs) Are you okay? Yes, proceed. Well, this is the hinge joint where the humerus meets the radius and ulna. And if we flip it over... Oh, God. Yeah, you can see that the skin is still well-preserved enough that you can see his olecranal skin. I'm not familiar with the term olecranol, can you? His weenus. Weenus? Well, it's slang for that flap of skin we have on our elbows. Oh, sure, weenus. Sure thing. Well, here's a piece of his foot. Clearly the second and third metatarsals. Why? Why? Okay. Um, So that's plenty. I mean, everything that we see here indicates what to you? Well, it tells me that the victim was ground up, maybe chopped up by a boat propeller, as we originally assumed, perhaps. So that could mean that the cause of Quinn's death is accidental? Well, no. Upon further inspection, these are not Jerry Quinn's body parts. We ran the DNA against his head. I'm sorry, his head? Yes, his head was recovered in a plastic bag that was planted on a jetty by Senate Hall Resort. I had no idea. Oh, and and now you're getting the head. Well, that's how we know that this is a cold-calculated murder. It doesn't have eyes. Am I I wrong? This skull doesn't have eyes. Well, I haven't determined how the eyes have been removed, but you can see where the head has been pecked at by seagulls. Okay, Doctor, I'm going to have to terminate this interview, but it's been been very eye-opening. Thank you. After my visit with the coroner, Three questions immediately emerged. Number one, who could be sinister enough to decapitate Jerry Quinn, potentially remove his eyes, and place his head in a plastic bag? Number two, if that elbow and piece of foot don't belong to Jerry Quinn, then whose are they? 
and number three. Why hasn't the police department revealed any of this information? What are they hiding? Right now I'm calling the Cape June Police Department to find out why they haven't been forthcoming with me. June PD, this is Annie. Hi Annie, this is Connor Avery Tuxton from Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. I think I know why you're calling, Connor. You knew about his head, Annie. Well, the chief wanted to wait until testing was officially concluded. Let me ask, is it just a coincidence that we're finding out about his head now that the summer season has officially ended in Cape June? Well, as you're aware, these things do take time. Can I speak with the chief, please? He's not here. He's got the kids in Ocean City today. You know, the rides are all half price because it's off-season. Do you have kids, Carter? I do. I have a three-year-old girl named Sally. Sally Belinda Tuxton. And is there a Mrs. Tuxton? No, there was, but she's no longer with us. I'm just going through a horrible divorce myself. Master cleaned out our savings account. Annie, can you tell me... How's the Quinn case being treated right now? It's being investigated as an unsolved murder. Thank you, Annie. Sure thing. Growing up in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, Delco, as it's affectionately called, my family used to go down the shore quite a bit in the summertime. We'd usually stay in Seattle City, Wildwood, Margate, or even Atlantic City since my mom liked to play the slots. During those years, I never realized that this historic gem of a town was just to the south, not more than a 45-minute car ride on the parkway from Atlantic City. Only through my recent visits over the past few months have I come to appreciate the beauty and charm of Cape June that would have surely been lost on me as a child. The Painted Lady, Victorian homes, and inns are ornate and colorful and have massive wraparound porches adorned with rocking chairs for guests to leisurely pass the time. There's a vibrant downtown with souvenir shops and ice cream parlors, and in the evening, there are ghost tours and murder mystery dinners in the bed and breakfasts. Cape June gained its popularity in the 1800s as a famous summer retreat for wealthy citizens of Philadelphia and New York. In fact, five U.S. presidents have vacationed in Cape June, and Ulysses S. Grant even turned Senate Hall into his summer White House for a month. During that time, Grant was the grand honoree at the Cape June Art Festival in 1871 and helped kick off festivities while John Philip Sousa and his orchestra played a march behind him. Grant is quoted as saying, This is a truly remarkable event that boasts some of the finest artwork and artists of our day. I count myself fortunate to be in the midst of such awe-inspiring talent. I wonder what President Grant might have remarked about the festival over which Jerry Quinn presided. Right now I'm walking along Seaward Avenue in Cape June. I'm headed toward the bed and breakfast of Ollie and Gwendolyn Nightingale Downey. They're the owners of the Henry VIII Inn. You see their home right now. It's an amazing four-story Victorian home with a back house surrounded by a large wrought iron gate. Well, hello there, and welcome to the King Henry VIII Inn. I'm Ollie Nightingale Downey, the proprietor of the inn, or as some might say, the king of the castle. 
<laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Connor Avery Tuxton of Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. What can you tell me about your establishment? We've been in business here in Cape June, our slice of seaside heaven, for over nine years now. And yes, we admit we've been blessed by the good Lord. Oh, and of course, we are enthralled by the Painted Seas Art Festival. It speaks volumes about who we are, where we came from, and where we are going. I assume that the festival has to bring in a lot of business? Oh, gracious, yes. The festival is a boon for business. Funny story. I just got off the phone with a Hispanic couple, the Jimenezes. Beautiful Latins, really inside and out. I don't know why Mr. Nightingale Downey decided to go into this kind of detail, or if he realized his comments were borderline racist, but they're his words. Bronze skin, perfect complexion, and their bodies, hmm. You've heard the phrase, bounce a quarter on it? Hmm? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's bounce a quarter off it. Not on it, but you know what? It, does, it doesn't matter. You were saying? Anywho, they were here three years ago for their first honeymoon, and unbeknownst to them, it was the opening day of the festival. They were here for a romantic weekend, wanted to do a little of the horizontal salsa in the Catherine of Aragon room. If you know what I mean. But they ended up having the time of their lives. Indeed. They just booked the Anne Boleyn suite for next year. So now after the murder this summer, I bet you're hoping that the festival doesn't get canceled next year. Oh, well, you betcha. We are praying with all of our might that the festival won't be canceled. And we have faith that Mayor Smirkan, the leader of our fine city, will find a way to save the... Um, Ali? Ali, excuse me. Not now, sweetheart. Doing a television interview here. I, um... Gwendolyn, did you hear what I said? But I, I really... I said I'm doing an interview. Sorry for the intrusion. This will only take a moment. This is better be good, Gwendolyn. Because as you know, you are ruining one of my big shots at something big. At this point, I don't think he realized that he was miked. So even though he went into the back room with his wife, we kept recording. I just thought you should know that while I was ironing your slacks for dinner, the iron blew a fuse or something, and the Davis family is now on the And you floor. couldn't use your brain to go down to the fuse box and push the damn little button? Oh, my God, woman. I'm so Don't sorry. even start apologizing. Your apologies are older than your eggs. Yes. As I was saying. Actually, I think that should do it for the night. I have everything I need. Thank you. You got it? Good. Well, thanks for visiting the King Henry VIII Inn. Y'all come back now.
If there's anything that you can garner from this interview with the innkeepers, it's that former Councilman Smerkon is now Mayor Smerkon, as you heard Mr. Nightingale Downey mention. One nice perk about driving through South Jersey is all the great produce stands. I'd always make it a point to stop at Rosie's Roadside in West Cape June, but it never dawned on me to strike up a conversation with her until tonight. Hi, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton of Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. Can I get your name? It's Rosalind. Rosalind Chavone. Everyone calls me Rose. Rose, how long have you lived in West Cape June? Um, about 20 years. Say, we moved from Syracuse and I bought the farm in 2000, no, 2001, right after 9-11. Why? By any chance, did you know Jerry Quinn? Well, of course I knew Jerry. Who the hell didn't know that guy? People loved him or hated him. No in between, but everybody knew him. Still, loved or hated, no one deserved to die the way he did. Sick people out there. Can I ask you how you knew him? I don't really know. He was just Jerry, the old art teacher who was... Well, you know why he was fired, right? Yeah, the mermaid with the garden hose and the baby pool incident. Yes, I I know it. Can't make this stuff up. But he used to come in here every week or so with his daughter. Pretty young girl. She used to buy fruits and vegetables. He would stand outside and smoke or grumble at something or someone. And then when his daughter was ready to check out, he would usually saunter in, look at me, and say something obnoxious like, Hey, Rose, can I squeeze your melons? At which point his daughter would hit him. And then they would leave. He was really harmless, though. He would always leave me a seashell he painted. I have a few of them in the back if you want to see them. Sure, I'd like to see those. Let me ask you, though. Do you know anyone that could have wanted to harm Jerry Quinn? You mean chop his head off? No, beats me. But then again, I was shocked to hear he was appointed to lead the big art festival in town. Painted seas? Sure. That thing used to be huge in the middle of summer. But I guess it started to die off in recent years. Guess they figured Jerry should shock some life into it. And... That he did, but I assume you knew that. Brought some real freak artists into this town. But it was fun. Wild, really, until... When you say they, who do you mean by they? Oh, the town council. Well, except the mayor. I don't think he was too fond of Jerry. But I'm not sure he was a fan of the art festival, either. Oh, excuse me. Hello? Oh, shoot, I completely forgot. I'll be right there. Sorry, Connor. I I gotta go. I've gotta get my daughter to dance. She's 16. Can't wait till she can drive herself. This is really a pain. No, I completely understand. Yeah, go do your thing. Gotta go. Good luck with your story. Bye. As I drove home that evening from West Cape June with my loot, some fresh lima beans and Jersey corn from Rosie's, I realized that I was no closer to figuring out who killed Jerry Quinn. No one was. I also realized that I was no closer to figuring out Cape June itself, or its 250-year-old Painted Seas Art Festival. You see, Cape June was unique, an anomaly as far as South Jersey towns go. If you grew up in the Philadelphia metropolitan region, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't grow up there, let me explain. The southern New Jersey shore towns each have their own special time and place. 
their time is the summer, when for three, maybe four months from Memorial Day to Labor Day, these sleepy towns come to life and turn into places of sun and fun and excitement. Their place is our memory, whether it be the nostalgia of carefree beach days, cool, salty air nights on the boardwalk, or the remembrance of a fleeting summer romance. And each short town was unique in its own way, and each became the one you and your family related to and would come back to summer after summer. But Cape June was even more unique. Even putting aside its history and heraldry, Cape June was a year-round town. Unlike the other short towns, it did not roll up its sidewalks in the fall and winter. One of the ways that Cape June kept its draw, even during the shore's off-season, was through festivals. Every kind of festival, from bird-watching to wine festivals to jazz music festivals to their famous Sherlock Holmes Murder Mystery Festival. But the biggest of these was, by far, the Painted Seas Art Festival. The Painted Seas Festival had been the mainstay of the town for centuries. It was not a recent creation of marketing experts intended to extend the tourist season. It was, as Captain Pethybridge extolled, the jewel of Cape June. But like Rose and the caller Kayla noted, this once auspicious festival was dying in recent years. The question I had in my mind, though, as I drove back into Pennsylvania over the Commodore Berry Bridge was this. Was the festival dying a slow, natural death? Or was it being decapitated, like Jerry Quinn? Until next time, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton, and this is Painted Seas, the murder of Jerry Quinn.